You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very uh, pre-recorded episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with uh, a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. How are you? Over here. Yeah, I'm you're right over there. We... It's a uh, different that? time at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, there was a lot to talk about, and uh, I wasn't able to do Saturday morning. So we're going to do a Friday night, and then we'll uh, we'll air this tomorrow. But, man, lots of stuff happened in the, the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, yeah, well, when you drop a UA like that, it's uh, yeah. craziness. Yeah. So, uh, so Wizards of the Coast, not only did they drop... Um, uh, a UA of a bunch of clerics and all these new races and things like that. Um, they also had a video on the survey results from the last batch. And I mean, it was like in the the tens of thousands, the number of responses they got. And mm-hmm. I thought it was fun that they clarified that they're like, hey, even like they're like, we can tell when and I don't know how they can tell this, but one of the criticisms I saw was that people were saying you can give feedback even if you're not uh actually play testing it mm-hmm. um and it was like people like some of some people online were upset about that because they're like how do you how do they know but wizards of the coast came out and said we are very aware of when you are just complaining on the internet my words not theirs or <laughs> when you are uh actually play testing the stuff so I thought that was kind of cool. And then they encouraged, like, just everybody, give your input. You know, this is the new next version of D&D, and if you want input in it, like, the best way is the survey. Not a comment on a video. Not an entire video yourself. Like, they're not going to go through all of those, but they will go through the um, huge amount of data you give them via some kind of database <laughs> that they can catalog everything together. <laughs> um, And then they have a weird... I'm trying to think back to the video. They had a weird rating system where they want it to be over 50% approval rating for things. Over 70%. Or over 70? Okay. Yeah. And he was saying, uh, Jeremy was saying that most of the time, something between 70% means that most people like it. They're on the right path. Maybe it needs a tweak or two, but it's kind of what they want. And if it's below 70%, it was like, well, okay, maybe they like it, but we should redress it because there's there's probably some things there that aren't quite clicking. Yeah. But you know, they're interested in it, but it needs some refinement, right? Yeah. And it yeah. was like, but this survey came back and we had stuff in the eighty percent. And eighty percent's like, we like it so much. In my head, I was thinking, don't F it up. Like leave it as it is. If yeah. It's eighty percent, ninety percent. Just like, don't tweak anything. We want it this way. So it was like there was a lot of those things that came in that were like a resounding, wow, this we like this piece of it, that mm-hmm. piece of it. Yeah, it so. reminds me, uh, I was, I was, when I was in art, co- when I was in college taking art classes, I remember my professor saying something like he would walk around, he never did this to me, but he would walk around and look at like the, the student's artwork and a couple times he would take it away from them. He's like, no, you'll just make it worse. Like it's done kind of a thing. And it, it reminded me of that where you can over edit or over analyze stuff when really it was ready earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that they're like, okay, but this feedback is, is, I don't know. It's really weird because it's not, 
it almost feels like we're collectively building something together, even though they are the designers. Uh, mm -hmm. And it has a very, like, community aspect to it that another bright... Like, I think other tabletop RPGs would like to do something similar, but they're never going to get the amount of people that are invested because this has the D&D brand name to it. So everyone's yeah, like, oh, it is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool where there's so many people that are like really passionate about this and it mm -hmm. seems like they're listening um, yeah. and they're going over data and things like that. Uh, there might be a little bit of some hubris uh, we'll kind of see when this actually comes to fruition in 2024. But I also saw another uh, speculate speculative article that said based on words given that they kind of want to have the playtest end summer of 2024 and then winter of 2024 have the books out to be published and bought uh we'll see i don't know like yeah i can see close. 2023 being the last of the the books that they have in their pipeline yeah that are the the normal things they're doing now and then 2024 is really okay we're doing our next thing this next yeah you know what and they still haven't really committed to a name yet like even in that video i was kind of waiting for them to hint should we be calling this 5.5e? Should we be calling this 6e? Should yeah. we be calling they They're want still you to call it 1D&D. Yeah. 1D&D, but I think that's the playtest name. It is. Yeah. So I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do with this other thing and how they're going to brand that. But they also said something interesting about their testing. So not only are they doing that percentage testing. So you know, they're they're gathering this information. You can put mm -hmm. comments in and they read the comments. They said we have our people going through all the comments and gathering all the relevant stuff. And I thought, I wonder who these people are and how can I be one of those people? Cause wouldn't that be cool Yeah, going through these and then saying, okay, Jeremy, I read through these 40,000 things and here's the things I got out of it that these people were saying. And now let's talk about them. I think that'd be kind of cool. Cause there's just these nameless people who are apparently gathering all this information. For yeah. them, but... And then they said they do a B testing also. So they may do a feature test and then in another one of these UAs, they may change that just to see, okay, let's see if you really like that. Let's do yeah. an opposite thing or let's do something that's a little different just to see were you telling, you know, what were you telling us here? Does that still hold up to the here? So they are really coming at it from a, you know, a, a design philosophy of testing. I always worry about like, I don't know, it's like, is this just the 50,000 people that are Adam, like, are you just getting the online 50,000 people? Or are you getting all the silent majority D&D player opinions? Or are you just getting the most fully, are, is this all critical role fans that filled this out, you know? And I always wonder about how these surveys are and who's filling them out and what their experience and background is just based on, you know, because like we're we're sometimes in, we'll, we'll go through Twitter and we're pretty connected in the community and there's a pretty vocal group, but that not, those people don't necessarily represent the same people I see when I go to my game store and I see this group playing at the table and they never go online and talk about it or whatever. They just come to their store, they play, they have their thing, they have their house rules. They've been playing for 20 years, 30 year campaign or whatever. And, you know, we never yeah, hear their like, opinions because uh, they just don't get on and like, you know, go on and on about their opinion. Yeah. Cause there's like a, I, I see what you're saying where you're like, man, those people are really loud. Are they the ones that are going to change D and D when really the rest of us are like, we're okay. You know? Yeah. We like uh, it. So we haven't yeah. said anything, but the people that don't like it, they like to really say yeah. stuff. I, you know, or something. I would think that uh, kind of going back to 
what Jeremy was saying in the video where he's like, we can tell if you've play tested it or not. I wonder if they could also tell like this guy's angry. We don't really need to listen to this kind of a thing, you know? Uh, and the fact of the sheer volume of feedback they're getting, mm-hmm. um, which after saying that now I'm thinking like, I should really uh, take the, the survey, the survey. Yeah. Um, and I specifically <laughs> didn't take the survey because I didn't play test it. And that was kind of my mentality was like, well, I haven't actually played with the rules, so I don't know. But um, I, I might live stream it at some point and just be like, no, I'm going to like dive in and just kind of talk about the things I like and the things I don't like. Um, and then piggybacking on that, we have a new cleric, uh, UA and species. Uh, so <laughs> I was, I was vocal on, on Twitter today about, um, cause I was thinking like, man, species, why does that bother me? I, I, and it's not. It's not that I'm like hung up on we have to call it race. Like I don't care. I actually prefer something like heritage or lineage. But I was I was thinking like species just it has a weird sound in my mouth. I think I just don't like it when it's like what species? Oh, I'm a I'm a dwarf. I'm like I don't know. That just feels weird. Um, and it's because of that 1995 movie Species. Like I realize that that's what I'm thinking of every single time. I say the word mm-hmm. out loud, and I I don't like that movie, and so I was like, oh, that's probably. I'm gonna wild. jump ahead. Yeah. I want to challenge your thought on this. We're gonna come back to more what D and I promise. But oh yeah, yeah. I was just in the game store, and normally this is Paizo news, but I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. And Do I was it. flipping through the book called Starfinder: Interstellar Species. Yeah. It okay. has 25 playable species that you can play in Starfinder, basically a Star Trek game. Now, how does the word species feel to you? You're right. I like it a lot more when it's sci-fi. You're right. <laughs> it's sci-fi. That's what it is. Yeah. I think it's, it's not, not a fantasy, fantasy word. It's not a fantasy, not a fantasy word, word for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Paizo wow, uses thank that you. too. Yeah, you nailed it because, yeah, if we're playing, uh, I don't know, like if we're playing Mothership or Spell yeah. or uh, Starfinder or I'm trying to think of like, even, I, well, not Alien, but like. Yeah, I would definitely be like, oh, or even Star Trek. Like, oh, he's yeah, a Star Klingon Trek species sure. or something. Yeah, like that yeah. That just feels normal. You're right. I just don't like it with dwarf and elf for some reason. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's huh. and lineage to me and heritage is definitely more of a fantasy feel. More I wonder if they're a, trying to stay away from. But that's uh, what Paizo has already, yeah. too. So you got to be kind of careful if you're going to try to change it. But it could just become something that's nomenclature where race is kind of a bad word. Not a bad word. Well, it is a doesn't word. accurately describe but, what's happening. Yeah, like in if the you're game. a goblin yeah. and race is talking about within a species, right? There's different groups based on their physiology, but they're still the same species at that point. And then race would denote different yeah. types of that. But that's not the same when you're comparing like a goblin to a human. That's just two different creatures completely. Mm-hmm. So even saying lineage doesn't necessarily work when you're trying to compare a goblin and a human i'm a i'm a goblin lineage i'm yeah yeah i'm a human lineage so heritage or i don't know what other names are out there like i was thinking of something like even like genetics or something or but that's like sci-fi it just feels like i can't get to anything yeah what i don't don't know what was tolkien called the different does he call them the races that's a different question i don't know must be it must be but that it must be race because that's probably where they got it because they stole a lot of things from tolkien so. Yeah. So what else Bar-road. can we use? We, we got to talk to somebody Bar-road. who, yeah, like scientists who um, 
catalog things in mm. ancient times maybe they have some words that we could maybe there's a fun latin, latin word. word i don't know we'll figure yeah. it out <laughs> who knows something like that so. um so yeah Creatures. we have this cleric playtest. uh i read through it it seems fine and fun um and then i watched the video and Ooh, the well, video... i'm playing a cleric right now so i've yeah. got thoughts Jordan. oh okay yeah so <laughs> no, go ahead, uh <laughs> well what are your thoughts i'm curious then like uh, so everything I was reading, yeah, go ahead. it seemed like I wasn't. I didn't see anything in there that said that's it. I'm out. Like I'm finding a new game. This is bull crap. They've broken my cleric. You know, right. it didn't seem anything like that. I thought most of his reasoning behind the changes they were making to cleric made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, getting away from and really some of the changes were they're going to be broad against all of the different classes that are out there. Cleric, you might see it at first but we're going to see it in the mage classes we're going to see it in the in the martial classes or mm-hmm. what they call them the, the i forget experts. They, they have the categories or warriors yeah, experts. yeah sorry warriors, warriors or experts. fighters experts yeah. mages and priests this is the priest mages and priests. yeah um changing the at third level you get your subclass i think that was the big one that that when i first heard him say it i thought whoa what's going on but then as they explain you know you don't really know you don't get a chance to be a cleric just a generic cleric before you have to make that big choice and then i when they were talking about a new player coming in and i was thinking yeah this is so good like you're like okay bob you're gonna play this is your first time ever playing and what kind of characters you want to play he's like oh i don't know i'd like like maybe a healer but they can fight and you're like okay this cleric's gonna be perfect for you now pick a subclass and here's all 35 of them that you can choose from. So go ahead and choose that now too. You know, it was like, and, so, the, and then that doesn't change. You can't pick another one later. It's just like, that's yeah, it, you know? Yeah. So I had a thought about that because uh, they're changing feats. And so, and I yeah. thought that was interesting. He brought it up and he's like, okay, yeah, you're going to be a cleric. Now pick one of these 35 different subclasses. And it's like, oh, that's too much. So we'll make it so he gets it at level three. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have it be now start of any character and choose from mm-hmm. these 105 different feats, uh, you know? But I think they're not going to do that. I think you you're think only going to have a small level? list of feats. Okay. I think you're going to have cleric-specific feats that you would choose from, or you're going to or your background's going to have feats or your your yeah. race or whatever the call is going to have feats. They're not going to put them all in one big list and just say pick from the list. I think they're yeah. going to make it so it's easier to pick. I, I also like having my subclass at first level uh, originally because usually it's, it's hey, we're, we're playing a game. Um, it's set in this world, the Forgotten Realms. Uh, here are all the different gods. And you're like, oh, I really feel like I'm gravitating towards that like Leviatar god. And they're like, well, this subclass would really reflect that. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Rather than like now when you start, or not now, but like, as of this playtest, uh, you pick a god, and then by level three, you're like, actually, you know, like, I I don't know. I don't think I like this god anymore. Like, uh, I really want to take this, uh, like, domain of light, but I'm worshiping Leviatar. I don't think it really works. Can I change my god? And I'm like, well, yeah. You know, and so I kind of look at that as, like, same thing with a player who got to level three through... Uh, the 2014 cleric and was like I'm not vibing on this I'm like then let's change it like I'll let you change Mm -hmm. it you know but yeah 
and that's what I think in my my head. Maybe I have I'm to just looking for mindset. negative things. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I have to change the mindset a little bit because I think you have to think of maybe that first couple of levels in any class as the very entry level. Like you're not a cleric of this church yet, because remember, when a church, you don't get to just be a cleric on day one. You get to be altar boy to see if you're even going to be around, and then maybe you might be you know, affiliated with a church of some sort, but you still aren't quite part of yeah. the, the, the religion part of it. You, you might be a part of, Hey, we'll let you stand at the door during mass, or we'll let you guard the temple as just a regular guard. And you're affiliated with mm -hmm. us, maybe through first, first, second, and third level. And then at third level is when you make the commitment, are you ready to pledge yourself to this religious order and this, this God or this okay. ideal? And from there on, and when you do, that's where that subclass kicks in because now you're really committed. I to, like that a lot. This is what I'm doing. But then I don't want my cleric to have magic on level right. one, too. And that's where I don't <laughs> right. like it. Like for a wizard, it makes sense. You're like experimenting with magic. And then by level three, I'm like, man, I am a conjuration wizard. I am so focused mm -hmm. on this. I love conjuration spells. But a cleric, it doesn't feel like that. You don't kind of like yeah. feel out your god. You you at level one are like, no, I'm devoted to this god. Uh, it I don't know. I mechanically, I think it works great. But like yeah. narratively, I'm trying to understand like, well, where does this magic come from? If you're like this wishy washy altar boy kind of a thing, like going on an adventure, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I think it. It's a, it's a change because we're just so not used to it too. And mm -hmm. I always I still have the problem of understanding that your magic can come as a cleric and you're not worshiping a god because they've said that in many of the books lately that you don't have to necessarily pick a deity to follow and still get your powers. Yeah. Or you don't lose your powers if you go to another world. Typically. Kind of like a druid. Like Spell a druid jammer. wouldn't necessarily lose their magic. Yeah. yeah. You're getting divine power coming from the divine magic that's out there, but it's not necessarily just Le Leviathan. Eberron explains it really powers. well. Like the silver flame is this concept of like, and you just have access to it. You're chosen for yeah. whatever reason, you know, but in the, in the forgotten realms, it's very much like this God it, is it's giving different. you yeah. magic. Yeah. So maybe in the forgotten right. realms, it makes sense to still house rule picking your subclass, you know, and there are some other yeah. mechanical things because th the, Lots of people will pick this class or Warlock as their, I'm going to multi-class into this because I can specifically get to subclass abilities yeah. at level one and not have to go very deep into the class. And I thought something that Jeremy said that was telling, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree, yeah. I'm still thinking about what he said, is that they want you to have a little bit more commitment to the class before you get to those abilities. They want They want you to slog through first level second level and third level and then that cool thing pops up not that you just get that at first level and it's a it's a common well i'm just going to dip in and get the the warlock blade lock real quick and then now i'm jumping back yep. out like there's no there's no investment in it all of a sudden because it's a min maxing thing you know it's a i'm just going to take this because it gives me something he wants and he says we're really trying to pull out those things that make you feel like you have to do that there's something there that says if you choose cleric for just level for just a single dip one to get something they want to try to offer that to you some other way maybe it's a feat maybe it's something else so that you don't have to make that weird kind of concession to get the game feature you want but then still play the character that you want or still yeah. do the thing that you want so i and think they're moving in the right direction i'm not saying they're making all the right steps it's just 
No, but I want to say along the right lines. Yeah, yeah but I want to say like piggybacking off of that. Um, I really like this level two holy order thing because that's exactly what they're doing where you go through a first level of play. And then by second level, you're like, man, you know what? I, I was in the background casting spells, but I really wanted to run up and like hit him with my mace. And it's like, well, then mm -hmm. you need to take the protector holy order. And these orders yeah, are not tied like to a God. You know, sp mm -hmm. before it was like, if I'm going to worship Leviatar, I have to take these very specific uh, yeah. cleric subclasses. And now that's like, oh, you want to be melee? Well, then you can't worship this person. If you want to do mm -hmm. this, you can't. Now you could. You could be the, yeah. like, I get heavy armor and I get weapon training. Or I want to be the scholar and I, I'm more yeah. of like a studying the world kind of a cleric. And a great, so. a great example was that because you could have life cleric, which was one that is a super popular subclass because yeah. it's the best healer version of that and you get heavy armor so people kind of felt like they needed to be a heavily armed but they were the main healer healing was everything they did but then they were still the heavy fighter with lots he was like no you need to be able to play a great healer that just wears robes or does other things you don't need to necessarily be the frontline protector and those orders give you that chance to do different yeah. things worshiping where you're the same saying God, you still could like, yeah yeah different parts of it so yeah yeah different are you part of, of the administration part are you part of the martial part are you part of ministering to the to the masses part you know and what what area do you fit in mm -hmm. with the church that you're helping and i like how that makes the cleric more dynamic because then a single cleric like if me and you were both into leviatar and but there are really different aspects there could be one that's where i'm part of the warrior band that helps protect and go and do things but yeah you really are the one that is there that is at the church and doing the ceremonies and the sermons and then you know you are more on the more divine side so lots more develop sp divine spells lots more you know research into the histories and the in the the great ancient divine things yeah. that could happen and maybe you know, my so I just like that maybe my game whenever i write my own rpg or something i'll just get rid <laughs> of the idea of clerics altogether and it'll just be like a bundled magic user but then on top of that have another system so you could be the fighter that worships you know lathander sure. the the god of of mourning Absolutely. and then you would kind of like from mythic odysseys of theros like you get certain abilities with how devote you want to be so it doesn't matter mm -hmm. you know and then get rid of the idea of clerics altogether or you can just call yourself like i'm a priest of so-and-so but i'm actually yeah. mechanically a paladin or i'm mechanically this you know mm -hmm. kind of like divine magic's just kind of odd like that so yeah i like that idea i like the idea of uh, and i think that's what they did magic that into edition. magic <laughs> and and yeah magic is magic not it's in this, they're kind of doing three of them. Right? Oh yeah, because that, that's doing huge. Divine, yeah. arcane, and primal. Now I'm really the, surprised the way they're that, separating it out. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, warlock casting is not getting its own magic subclass as well. You know? Yeah. Because I, I part of me is like, well, warlocks could be arcane. I mean, they are in five e, but at the same time, like you could make a new kind of not psionics but something similar of like psychic weird far realm magic uh i was kind of surprised by that but well not surprised but like that's what got me thinking i'm like if you're going to start creating these weird spell lists then you're inviting other people to create their own type of magic their own spell list but yeah but so traditionally what I like about it that... makes sense the studied magic the magic from a god or the magic from like the earth you know so yeah 
So you're getting channel divinity and spell casting at first level. You're getting, they're making sure you have more than one use for channel divinity as far as turn undead right away, right from the get-go, which I think is a great thing that you're, you're already a, a type of person that's it's like fighting the undead. It's a very I, classic I still like that uh, clear you know, thing. Classic thing, so. But you also can then use another version of that if you're not fighting the undead, which I always think is a good idea because you don't want to have an ability that's so specific. Because if we don't have a campaign where any undead show up, yeah. then have I really felt like I was a cleric at that level? I then can't we tell get the you Holy how many Order, times which I've, I think is great. I think yeah. I've played a cleric twice in my 5e career. I don't think yeah. I've used Turn Undead once, you know? Like, it just felt yeah, kind of useless rare. now that I think about yeah. it. Um, Rarely have I used Even with the extra times. abilities. It wasn't until Tasha's where you could turn it into extra spell slots or something, right. you know? But I do yeah. like this, this Divine Spark. Um, I think it's weird we have these, like, magic actions now rather than, like, just action. I feel like that might be a little too confusing. I don't know. Well, they're trying to... Yeah, there's a lot going on in these. And they even it's said that there's a lot of stuff going on. Because pages. they're trying so to fix big. the problem of the bonus action problem, bonus yeah. action economy, having so many things tied to it, and then you're not able to do it. And everybody has a bonus action, things. yeah. So Yeah, so they're trying to move things around. Like, something became a reaction. Uh, resistance, the spell, became a reaction spell. Mm -hmm. And he said they wanted to see if... It's a spell that nobody uses because the, it's an action or, you know, it's like the way you would use it. There's just never, there's always a better option. But what That's if it was a reaction? Trip, yeah. Yeah. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, now if it's a reaction, would it get more use? Because now I have a, I have a reaction that I could mm -hmm. probably use at different times. So feed it at four. Um, and then it kind of moves on. So the cleric feels stronger. I like the idea that, um, I saw a lot of stuff being tied to proficiency bonus too. As yeah, I was and going that's this. something we've seen. Yeah, which I like because yeah. then there's like a mechanical you scale, and if you multi-class, they're all mm -hmm. pulling from that same proficiency bonus per day. So yeah, yeah, it's not like oh well, I get it three times per day, and then I also get this five times per day because of this, and it's like no, you you have a limited number, uh, yeah. which is funny because it's counteractive to like the the bonus action thing we were just talking about where it's kind of nice when everybody has a bonus action but like i see what they're trying to do so yeah and this divine spark is interesting because it says as an action magic action specific capital m so it's like you said it's a specific thing you point your symbol at another creature you can see within 30 feet and focus energy on them roll a number of d8s equal to your proficiency bonus yeah so low levels of two and then add those rolls together. And that can either, you can either heal with it or you can hurt a creature with it. Yeah. And just, or you can make them, you know, make a saving throw. And if they do, then they take radiant damage. That's so good. That's such a smart, cool it's idea. It's easy to I understand. There was more you of always that. have this regardless of spells. Yeah. Like, oh, and it can spell heal slots. or it yeah. can hurt. Like, and I love, that's yeah. so cleric to me that I have things that can help, but they also can hurt if that's what I want them to do. And it, and there's that, dichotomy inside you that said you know I, I love that tension of a person thinking that i have this power that does both and i'm the one that controls it it's just such a cool idea so i'm glad that's in that was really cool other than that the it feels like a more powerful version of the cleric i've been playing cleric now for months with my um i started out arcane archer and i've split yeah into my um twilight cleric but i'm seven and seven so it's seven levels of arcane archer seven levels of cleric and i mostly play 
as a damage dealer, but then all my spell use is clerical stuff to help the party out and buff somebody. Or, you know, I do a lot of um, increasing people's ACs or doing bless so that they get their saving throws. Very little healing because we have somebody else that does the healing, but all the other little things that you might get that are not the healing piece of it. And so I like the class. I love it. And I feel like even if I have this one, I feel like I'd be pretty powerful with it even if I didn't. So, and the only subclass they put in here at the moment is the life. And he, he does say there's. Oh, I lost you. Are you here? Uh Oh, Oh, are you back? Is it me? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. No, it was, I think it was me. <laughs> Internet connection is unstable. It says, Oh goodness. Is my camera back? Oh, here it yep, comes. I think you're it's back. there. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, they said there's one signature subclass with each of the classes just to that's easy to pick it's it's very symbolic of that that main class but all of them are going to have four right so the, the books the first book is going to have I, I forget what ted said it was there was oh, a number. it's like it was 35 like, oh, or something it's a lot yeah, of subclasses like, yeah yeah 12 times whatever well, you 12 know times 12 times four, four. Yeah. so 48 that's what it would be 48 subclasses that Which we're going to get at some point yeah like the the wizard had eight in 2014, you know, one for each school of magic. And so yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I love wizards the most. So I'm most curious about the wizard play test. I keep wanting them to give us that, but they're yeah. saving it. For yeah. The and what, what class have you been playing the most lately? Like in the last month or two, what's the class you've been playing? Oh, uh, that's a um, artificer uh, with DM Nathan. Yeah. So. Okay. So we'll have to see what they do with the artificer. If they I don't think we'll see anything because that, that artificer is not going to be in the core book. Maybe it will be. Who knows? I'm thinking they're going to add it, but all right. Well, I think the cleric's pretty good, but what do you think about the species? The Ardling is back. Ardling yeah. with some changes. So I actually looked this up because I was kind of curious about it. The Ardling is an old uh, monster species from second edition, I think. Um, because I didn't get this whole celestial thing. I was really confused by that. But now after Mm -hmm. reading that, I was like, oh, okay. They're like these weird kind of angelic animal things. Uh, I don't think I'll ever play Ardling. I'm not really sure. Like I, I just, I don't know. And I like, they have like, this is how you play a cat person or a bear person. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Dog person or a, yeah. And that's what they're doing. And and so we're kind of getting rid of all of those races uh species like we won't have lizard folk anymore they'll be an ardling we won't have Possibly. tabaxi they'll be an ardling um yeah, i, I did that. think it's funny they had triceratops in here and, and or or like raven like we won't have uh um, kenku what's our our kenku yeah like kenku, our kenku Eric gone Oka. and they're now going to be ravens our uh aracocra gone and they're now ardling eagles or are we going to invite bring those back i don't know this is nice, yeah. though, because anytime I want to create this for my home group, I have this, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. I don't have to go out and buy something. We can just say, yeah, I'm going to call this an Aarakocra, but really, you're an eagle ardling. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there, it's that uh, furry thing where people i've never wanted to play something like this i guess so yeah <laughs> not I, that there's anything wrong with it it's just play an animal never yeah, appealed to me yeah that you know there's there's so many animals that somebody might want to play that there's no way they could ever come out with enough 
I mean, they could, but yeah. they're not typically going to try to bring out a book for all of them because like there could be the person that says I like ferrets and I want to be the, the ferret person. Yeah. There. I mean, I want to be a bear dude. Like that's one of the ones that I thought. I do like frogs. I, and I, I would put like that to in play my a, campaign. A bear dudes. <laughs> so yeah, resist. Yeah. So some of these are kind of cool. And then the divine yeah. magic really does tie it back to the, where they were, where you can get um, a, a spell from. Yeah, uh, and they're saying you still would have, this doesn't get rid of your ASMR. ASMR is still a thing. That was something I was confused by, yeah, because they were like, well, does this, like, they they were saying, I think it was they were saying the Ardling, or people were interpreting it because it's like a very celestial kind of thing. Yes. Um, But no, they said uh, Asimar are still going to be in the game, so this is all separate. This is literally a new race. And it's just mm-hmm. the catch-all animal race. So, could yeah. work. I think, I really think they need to take the divine magic away. Maybe not, or maybe call it primal magic, if we're going to focus on the fact that, because um, it says celestial animals in the Beastlands, and I get it, that's part of a D&D history, but if you want it to just be the catch-all, really just focus on on the, the primal aspect of it. But mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you spell gem over to Pokemon, you got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you gotta have your pokey creatures. <laughs> um, but what about the draconic? The, dra- the yeah, dragon the dragonborn. Power. People were excited about this. I guess they tweaked the breath weapon. I that was the thing. I don't. Yeah. I didn't pay attention last time. What people were upset about. Um, I do like that. Uh, draconic flight is a fifth level thing. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what well, I, like I this really... breath word because you can choose between cone or line. Yeah. And it doesn't look like this type chain. You know, before you would choose a type and it would tell you you either got the cone or the line. Acid would be a line. On... Lightning would be a line. Yeah. Which you think about it, you're oh. like, what does a cone of lightning look like? But now that's pretty cool image to think about. You know. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do like that. I think that's really cool. What I was blown away by was the Goliath, and I was not. Ex- I was not expecting yes. it to be in this playtest, i guess this is cool um, but they straight up just made it your um part giant and yeah. when i think of Go- uh the goliath before i i always thought of them as like big giant people but i never really associated them like with giants with the giants you know yeah. and now i'm like well that just makes so much sense i'm a little confused why they have 35 feet of movement I because say, i thought yeah, we were all going to be I've 30 seen. Yeah, but well, they're seven to eight feet tall. That's true. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, the fact that you are you have giant ancestry, and then depending on the one you choose, you get cool stuff. So stones and I'm choosing is cloud really, giant. Stone giant is kind of the same Goliath we have now, but like frost giant, you can add some cold damage. Fire giant, giant, add fire damage. Cloud giant, you can teleport. Like there's some there's some cool stuff as a bonus action. Yeah. That's so cool. Up to proficiency. Again, linked to your proficiency. So linked I think that's really cool. Yep. The storm giant is uh, you do 1d8 thunder damage on a re- on a creature as a reaction. I That feels like it should be lightning damage to me. I wonder if that's a misinterpretation because like the idea that uh, when when I take damage, I like this idea that I like shark shock out at them and it's it's lightning damage. Thunder damage mm-hmm. is kind of like, what do I roar at them? Like what's where's the noise, you know? I've always wondered about yeah the difference between lightning and thunder, but I've in the game I I, I get it. All, everybody typing in chat right now will 
Lucian. Well, there was, was a difference between Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, <laughs> I know the difference. Uh, I just in this Thunder game they made a difference thing. Thunder's yeah, they didn't make a difference with fire and something else when it's the two same things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Storm's Thunder, Storm Giant Thunder. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Storm we'll King's Thunder. That's <laughs> the, the only way it works. Yeah, the large form is really cool. So at fifth level, you can mm-hmm. grow and become pretty cool and big like and get advantage and stuff hulk out uh, which is kind of what i was trying to do with my warforged fighter a long time ago uh i i actually it was an eldritch knight warforged and i actually took like um uh the reduce or or enlarge spell so that i could make myself bigger and then I get an extra mm-hmm. D4 on attacks. And in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be so cool. I have advantage on all these things. But it never worked out. Uh, right. And, the, the, and It wasn't quite. <laughs> it just never worked out. And it was concentration spell. So I was looking at this, and I'm like, that's what I wanted. That's really cool. But this yeah. also, I like large forms because you are bigger. You hit harder kind of a thing. But you also have more surface area on that that's grid right. to be attacked which i thought uh, a lot of people don't think about that and it's like oh, if you got a lot of little guys and you're you, like i'm gonna you take them all out it's like oh they get a lot more attacks on you now so. Yeah. so so those were the main things that were added now there is a big there's it's a 26 page pdf yeah that, a lot of spells. that's up to page yeah. 10 but they said at the after these parts they're gonna keep putting in the normal rules that they're sticking with or are still part of the play test from before so that those things are still there for people to see them. And so yeah. what you'll see is you'll see a lot of spells or a lot of things that are, that they've been talking about. The one I saw everybody kind of talking about a little bit was a spiritual weapon. Um, yeah. Now what was being going on concentration that? and it's not at the moment. Oh. So you can cast spiritual weapon and it's not a concentration spell. It allows you to have your spiritual weapon out you could move it with a bonus action or attack with a bonus action, um, but you it's not concentration. So if you get hit, it doesn't just go away. And I think he was saying that... It, now, if you just think about that, I'm going to put out a spectral weapon of some sort, and it's going to go out and attack. You would not... think you would have to concentrate on that, right? Well, but <laughs> spiritual weapon but... is not concentration now. No, but they're going to turn it into it. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, they're going to make gonna, it. Yeah, they're going to make oh, con- it. Okay, I see the difference now. Gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah. because the the wizard spells like the Mordenkainen and dagger and all that other stuff that's all concentration. But yeah, um, yeah. although and I don't necessarily like that idea. Uh, we'll see. And I mean, you could always house rule it, I guess. But like, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem because I had a lot. Of, I had some players that took spiritual weapon, and they always think it's going to be so cool. But the fact that it would move only 20 feet means that, like, my 30-foot movement monster would always get out of range. And then they would just look at it and be like, well, that's not working. doesn't do a ton of damage. I'm like, you're right. It's not working. So, I don't know. And there's lots of other things you can do with that bonus action, which I find my problem. Because I use it a lot as my cleric. Yeah. But other things bump into it that makes me want to do other things than move that around once it's been out. But every now and then I get some use out of it. So, I don't think it needs to be changed because i think it's working fine as it is yeah what i don't like about it is concentration is the idea that it just goes away if, if you get hit if you have a low save dc and some people could have a low save dc so that's why i hate the one part about concentration on that one maybe it could be concentration so you can't do another concentration spell but it'd be nice if there was a blurb in that that said 
but this one won't be broken if you take damage. So that way it can stay out. You can concentrate on it. It can keep fighting. You don't lose it if you take damage. All it's doing is preventing you from having two concentration spells up at once. Yeah. That I would be fine with. But I don't want to throw it out there, get hit immediately, and then it's gone immediately. I just yeah. hate the idea of that. No, and I think the wizard already has this problem because there I are spells so like... Not even... Um, I forget this, the name, but it's the Mordenkainen blade one that's just not as good. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, what's there's a transmutation spell that wizards get where you, like, make your body all, like, hulking and big and awesome. Um, and that one's concentration. And it's so annoying because it's, like, it on paper it's meant it to go sense. in yeah but like when you're meant to go when it's cast on self i can't cast it on somebody else <laughs> yeah. but when you cast it on yourself and then you go into battle and you get hit and you know it's not like like uh, i had a player who really loved polymorph polymorph and mm -hmm. the whole thing was like i'm gonna turn myself into an ape and i'm gonna run in there and i'm gonna do all this and then it's like okay make a make a you know concentration check and then they fail that and they pop back out uh, and it, and then That's talking very... to him later, I'm like, what you really should do is cast it on somebody else. And he's like, but I want it cast and on high. me. Like, this is the reason I took this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I think on those, if it's cast on self, it should be, and it's me it's going to be melee based. And that's kind because of polymorph like is exactly that because you don't yeah. get ranged attacks with polymorph. You get to turn into a beast who then has to melee and take hits. So there should be a little blurb in there, and I would house rule it in any of my games at this point. Damage won't break this concentration if you've cast it on yourself, but you still have the limitation of not being able to cast another concentration spell. Yeah. Because I think that makes those two spells better. So if you're going to do concentration with Spiritual Weapon or Polymorph, they don't break if you're using them yourself, but they do prevent yeah. you from, you know... I agree. I'm just thinking out loud now, but like if you, you would just have to put a, a word in there that says uh, like, don't make the spell concentration. Um, like let's take polymorph. You say, if you cast this on yourself, checks. remove the concentration line. Um, this spell fails when you cast another spell that has concentration, you know, or something like to that effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or like you, maybe you can't cast spells while under the effects of polymorph or something. Cause you yeah. can't speak correctly. Or That's true. You know, maybe you separate the ones yeah. where if you do take damage, they shut down and those would be those big area of effect storm spells that you're having yeah. to concentrate. And the idea is you're not Wall moving, of fire. you're doing it from like, range. Yeah. You're trying to hold it there. And if something comes up and interrupts you, it could shut the spell down. That makes sense. There should be a term for that. But then concentration's about how many of these types of spells can I have? And I can only have one type of concentration, so that's that. But then we need yeah. another word or a keyword for breaks the spell if you take damage. <laughs> so we need another word for that. Well, that welcome to Lucian and Jordan <laughs> make their own... Homebrewing. Homebrew uh, tabletop role-playing game. Yeah, I don't know. Then we work... Well, we can move on, but... It just gets me yeah. thinking, like, then are we creating too many systems upon systems Probably. to, like, make it work? And who knows? But but we love systems. This is the point is that there's something there. But, yeah, Hi, I don't Oscar. I don't think. Hey, Oscar Dog. <laughs> uh, he's a good boy. Um, Boy, I was looking at uh, Barkskin for some reason, and that spell just still seems bad to me. Like, it's bad now. It's bad. It's still bad. They People changed it to giving it. Yeah. you, uh, you can give someone temporary hit points, 
but it's also concentration. And I'm like, if you're just giving somebody some temporary hit points, that does not need to be concentration. Like, here's 10 temporary hit points for a second level spell. You're good. Move on. If it's concentration, that needs to refresh itself every single round or something. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's the playtest. We've got other news to talk about, I suppose. Uh, let us know <laughs> what you're interested in. I'm really curious because, like, I don't know, lots of stuff. Pax Unplugged is happening. Uh, I bet people are there tonight. People are, yeah, things they are, are kicking off. It started today. People got there Thursday night, I think. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's. Uh, I haven't seen anything announced, but I know that they're having an Acquisitions Incorporated game that I'll probably check out once it goes to uh, VOD and I can look at it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, before we ship over to Paizo and stuff, I wanted to talk about uh, Keith Baker released no. Chronicles of Eberron, yeah. which is uh, a new DM's Guild supplement that he uh, released. And I did buy it. I've got a sad chili dog. Sorry. Uh, I did buy it and I haven't had a chance to super look at it yet, but it's another one of those like exploring Eberron where he really gets to dive in and make the the sh- the make Eberron what he's always kind of wanted and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like there are some new classes and ways to add other species slash race into it. Like if you wanted to have a uh, Dampiers or Kenku, how do you I make do. them kind of fit into your, into Eberron, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then I was going to look, where are the, Oh yeah. So there's, I just want to read these off, but there's uh, Bard College of the of of the Fury. I almost said furry. <laughs> Bard College of the Fury, cleric, the Aspiration Domain, Rogue, the Dark Petitioner, um, and then he has these new things called Forbidden Feats and Forbidden Metamagics, which I thought was kind of cool. And so it's like you can. I mean, it's 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 a feat. It's metamagic, but like. The idea that you can introduce it into your campaign as like, ooh, this is like a spooky side, which reminds me of Invisible Sun has the night side path. Uh, and that's something I really liked where they, they came out with a whole supplement book for that game that was like, here are the like creepy forbidden spells, which are kind of fun. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'll get a review of that sometime. I got to read through it. I'm really excited. Uh, I got a print on demand copy too. So it's coming in the mail, but yeah. yeah. What's happening? Well, back to... Back to PAX Unplugged a moment, because oh, I yeah. went a couple of years ago, and it is an interesting place down in Philadelphia. Um, it the, the convention hall isn't as big as Gen Con if you've gone there, but you will see a lot of the same people. Oh, yeah. And it does seem a little bit more like accessible, because there wasn't the crowds that you had at Gen Con, so you could go through all the cool booths and stuff. And you would see a lot of the major players. They had big gaming areas where they were either testing games or playing games or you could rent a table and your your group could just sit there and play games all day Mm. you could do card tournaments and all the things and like you said the live shows are happening in another area there's a really cool food bazaar thing that's right next to it there's like a mall across the street double story but in the bottom area it's like this famous kind of uh, marketplace right there in downtown philadelphia it's kind of cool but man, was the parking not fun and great, and none of the hotels seem to be near that place. So, oh really? Uh, that was a crazy one. If you ever do decide well, to go there, and a lot of the rooms are small. Yeah, um, and there's not a lot of games that you can sign up for. So don't go to that without some plans to just be able to find a corner with your friends and play versus yeah. thinking you're going to go and sign up for a bunch of D and D games that are going to be happening. So. Yeah. 
Ted, uh, Ted said that there were three conventions going on at the same time, and PAX was one of them. And I was like, really? This weekend? He's like, yep, it was poor planning. Really poor. I was like, oh. <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to be one of the ones I try to go to next year. Um, and then I also think I'm going to try and go to PAX uh, West. I'm going to go back to Seattle and try to hit that one up. That'd be a good one. Um, and that's not tabletop, but there is tabletop stuff. And it's closer for me because yeah. I'm on the West Coast. I'm not on the East Coast like all of yeah. y'alls. So. That one I'd like to make or the PAX Australia would be the one I'd Oh, make that would be epic. Just to, yeah, yeah. I want to go see Hobbiton. That'd be fun. That'd be so cool. <laughs> all right. So I did have a little bit, a tiny bit of uh, Paizo news. So I was in the game store tonight because normally I go after our show. But today I went just before our show was I was picking up dinner. So I stopped at my game store. And I picked up the book, Starfinder Interstellar Species. That's the one that's out right now that you can order. And it had 25 playable species. The artwork in this book is fantastic. Seven options for classes that already exist that um, kind of are in this book and introduced mm -hmm. in this. So definitely a player book that you could pick. This is like the ultimate kind of player book. And then a new class called The Evolutionist and has some really cool things about that. And I was just thinking, if I just read those three bullet points to you jordan i said yeah in january wizards of the coast is going to give us a book that has 25 playable races yeah seven options for existing classes and a whole new class are you buying this book without even Probably. knowing the name yeah without, see that was just like this is like paizo knows what they're doing and yeah. just like it's so crazy how good this is and it makes me want to play starfinder so bad and it's I still want to play Pathfinder. I don't have enough time for that. How am I going to play Starfinder and have enough time for that? Yep. But I wanted to bring it up because it looked really good. I'm probably going to buy it just because I'm a sucker for buying all these TRPG games that I may never get to play, but I'm going to have their books. Um, I think it looked really cool. If you're into Starfinder, it, this looks like a book you definitely want because not only as you as a DM can get some inspiration from this, but it feels like your party could have a all kinds of cool inspirational ideas for their characters that they're going to mm -hmm. play in your campaign. And this is a perfect kind of book for them. Um, so you might want to check and pick that up. The other thing I saw while I was in there, I was just walking out because somebody had said, I was telling you about, I couldn't find players that wanted to play certain games. And I had somebody join our stream from our, from our um, audience here. And they said, Oh, have you tried, you know, asking at the game store if there's people there playing, I went by a board that had an advertisement for the first time ever that I've seen it's a guy trying to organize a game for Star Trek Adventures. I was no like, way! This? What's going on here? Now the problem is he wants to play on Saturdays. And I'm like, Ugh. no, that's my show day. <laughs> well, so I'm going to have to see when they're playing or what's happening. And yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I thought so that was cool. cool. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that could be fun. Now that I think um, about it, like, as I, I've been doing a lot of writing, and as I'm writing more stuff, uh, like Module D6, I should just go to the game mm -hmm. store and be like, hey, I'm going to be running a new RPG on this night and see who shows up kind of a thing. Because now that, that I think about really it, that's cool. way better than me pestering my friends constantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're available right now? I don't care who you are. Let's go. Yeah. Like, we'll play right roll now. Roll some dice. Yeah, do this. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I saw something. I was flipping through Twitter, and then this popped up in one of my feeds. Green Ronin is offering a mega bundle on DriveThruRPG where we like to get a lot of our PDFs and stuff. 60 of their titles that they had written using the OGL of all third edition and 3.5 edition stuff, D&D &D and all kinds of stuff. They call it the third era mega bundle. 60 titles. It's like only 30 bucks and you can get like, these are big PDFs. These are, mm -hmm. they put out legit 
books and games for third, you know, for the OpenGL, the D20 open system. Yeah, so yeah. if there was anything you wanted from Green Ronin that happened during 2000 and 2008, there's an awesome bundle package going on that yeah. I would recommend you go check out over at Probably Drive, some, Drive yeah, some really great stuff. So why so, not? <laughs> one other piece of news, because we love Monty Cook Games, MCG. Yeah. Um, they were advertising. They do a thing that I think is super cool and actually is one of the genesis of the show, which is New Game Master Month in January. They're yep. a big supporter of getting new game masters to run their first game. Our show was founded and started on when I when I sent the message to Jordan about we could just talk about running games and maybe that would encourage somebody to run their very first game as a dungeon master and we could talk about the games we run and what yeah. we go through. And that's perfect. So every January they run this check out their website because they do a lot of things and basically they're like this is a month where we try to help you get from where you're at right now to running your first game so wherever you're at whatever obstacle you have whatever thing yeah we're going to try to help you i think they try to support their systems obviously but like really it's for any game like they just like the world needs more dungeon masters and you would be surprised how uh creative it feels and just like like i'd prefer running games like i think it's an amazing hobby so yeah you Uh, your imagination gets used so much you get a lot of use out of your imagination for your character but you get so much more building your campaign and thinking mm -hmm. about how your friends and your players are going to get to interact with that world Mm -hmm. you think about that you think about things that may never happen in the game but you're thinking about it just in case it does happen (laughs) and i think when you make a character like i always think of like oh this character and like he has so much potential but when you're a game master you're thinking like stories and and all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff and so you look at that character that that somebody made and it's like oh he has all this potential and i'm like oh man and like whoa we're gonna go places like that sounds so cool so that's awesome yeah Yeah, i forgot about uh that and and they're opening up the cypher system to the ogl so i think you'll be able to start stuff putting your own things out and their next book that they're going to talk about and release is called adventures in cypher system oh cool they always run kickstarters and things for the the games they do so they put the books out so that one's in january and we'll get a notice about that one i pretty much bought every kickstarter they've done yeah. so i'm pretty I backed sure I'll the be... weird i'm really excited for when <laughs> yeah. that book arrives um and i was just rereading plane walker the other day and i'm like yeah this book is so good like yeah plane breaker or plane breaker yeah yes the, i love um, it so much it's so i good. i forgot about the subclasses in it and i was like oh, and you know I'm, I'm lately i'm not getting sold on subclasses i feel like you have to put them in for them to maybe mm-hmm. like well it's a legit thing like this uh eberron book um, it had subclasses, and I'm like, okay. And that was the first thing we kind of talked about. The least thing I'm least interesting thing, uh, or the the thing I am interested in the least. Like, there's so much <laughs> more stuff in there, but because now there's so yeah. many, I think yeah. is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. we're we're oversaturated for sure. So, yeah. But, um, so that was all the news I saw. I didn't know if you'd seen anything else or no. I think the bigger one, the big one, was just packs, and I bet um, there's going to be a lot of stuff this weekend coming out from Wizards for. Uh, for packs because they're they like they like uh, they don't go to Gen Con anymore but they like uh, Penny Arcade so yeah oh and I think we already know what the next book for Wizards of the Coast is I think even Ted was talking about it because they've already announced it it's the the anthology one right? the Isn't Vault the of the book? Keys yeah yeah so and that should a, be the next one we start to hear about it's an anthology book and it's all based on heists like every adventure is like a heist mm. uh, and. 
I didn't even put this together, but it's going to totally be a tie-in with the movie. And the movie's about a heist oh. and stealing something back and things like that. And so I think that, that they're going to be like, oh, you want to play the movie? Here you go. You know, here's a yeah. here's a player's handbook and here's this. And you can play the movie kind of a thing, which is not a bad thing. But uh, the movie is, is uh, April or March and it's going to come out right around the time that that book comes out. Because I remember, if I remember, it's usually... Um, we just got our Dragonlance Christmas book, which is out today, right? The second, or is it next week? I no, know. I didn't see it on the shelf, so I was wondering if it is it the ninth when it it's comes out. It's got to be this Tuesday. Must be then. next week, the sixth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, when that comes out, I think it's going to be, uh, or yeah, sorry, that's Christmas. So that means that the next one is going to be that. Which I think that Planescape was at the very end, and so that means Planescape's not coming until. Uh, Christmas probably like a year away, which is fine. Right. Uh, I'll that be done with my Planescape game just as it comes out. It'll be great. <laughs> Perfect. No problem there. Uh, so a little bit about uh, Modron March. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm still doing Modron March. We had a really good game last night on, uh, and Ted was playing from his hotel because he went to PAX. So that was that kind of warms my heart that I've he's like, that. I want to play so bad that I'm gonna like you know, make the effort to play here, but they had a yeah. good time. Yeah. Uh, and they're running around. They, they always uh, go the direction I'm not anticipating. And I gave them a cool magical key that transports them somewhere. And they were like, Oh, neat. And they put it in their pocket. And then they like <laughs> spent the rest of the whole game trying to figure out how to get to Bytopia. And I'm like, there's nothing there for you. And they're like, well, <laughs> I really think we should go. Like we're at the gate to Bytopia, like how do we get through and so then i finally uh they they're in Bytopia now so next week i have to come up with a whole Bytopia adventure uh nice it's gonna be fun so um and then i'm really excited i have not done dungeon crawl classics in many many uh moons because of the show that i'm in um the holidays people traveling uh, mm -hmm. my son's birthday, like lots of stuff happening, but we are officially getting back to Dungeons and Call Classics, uh, this Sunday and it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Everyone's like really chomping at the bit. People have been texting me. They're just like, oh man, we're on, right? I'm like, yeah, it's not a lie. So that'll <laughs> be fun. And I'll be sure to talk about that, um, in a future video. Uh, what's going on in Dungeon of the Mad Mage? Well, we're we're getting through there. We we had skipped last week, and we got to play this week on Thursday. So just last night, uh, everybody had a really good time playing. Um, we threw the our DM a curveball by not murder hoboing somebody he thought we were going to murder hobo. <laughs> so then he had to figure out what he was going to do with that character because he he was sure we were just going to murder him, and he wouldn't have to think any further than that on him. But we were like, it was this one last draw that we found on this level, and we're like, hey we pretty much wiped out all the other drow and all the drow you were fighting. Cause there's two drow houses that were fighting each other. We kind of went through all of them because they attacked us immediately. And we're like, so you're the only one that's left. So do you want to, do you want to be our drow guy? And then you can create your own drow mm -hmm. group and we'll support you, but you, we're going to fund you and we'll do that. And then you're on our side. You're like our ally. You're so it was just like, so we kind of tried to talk man, and we've done this every few levels. So we have goblin faction that is loyal to us on one level. 
We have a Hobgoblin faction loyal to us on one level. We've saved them and freed them and then helped prop them up and bring them stuff to awesome. make them stronger on their level. We have a Troglodyte faction, and we just last night tried to start building our own Drow faction. Yeah. <laughs> so that the idea is, is that on each of these levels, certain ones, of, we're only through 14 of them, we have this Ak Inc., has this stronghold of forces that they could use mm-hmm. as they want to delve through and go through these places and stuff. So we're setting up these little groups and we just thought that was fun. Um, so that was really fun. We did get a hint possibly from our drow ally here that says there still might be on this level a lich. So we might get to fight a lich. You I've never got to lich? fight a lich in D and D yet. Yeah. I mean, I know of them and I've, I think I've had them as a bad guy that my group didn't get to yet. Yeah. And I knew they were building up to it, but the campaign never quite got that far. And I was going to run it and I was excited about it, but I've not got to fight one as a character. So this way, as a DM, you got to know all the spells. Yes. Like You got to have them there looking at it. It's kind of difficult, but they're that's, yeah. that's huge. You know, <laughs> I think that could be fun. So that, that could be a pretty cool battle. We've been getting into some really big battles because obviously we're 14th level characters so yeah. you really have to throw some craziness stuff at them. I mean, we just the fight we had on Thursday, and yes, it's spoilers for all this, was like five fire giants and then like a a leader fire giant that was even bigger and tougher than normal fire giants. Mm-hmm. Plus they had a bunch of hellhounds with them. And then I also think they might have had either drow with them or they had some other, maybe it was goblins. No, it wasn't goblins. It was something like hobgoblins or something with them. And so we had some big fights where stuff's happening and like 30 bows are getting shot off and our guy looks like a pin cushion and we're barely <laughs> making it. And, you know, but that's the kinds of fights we're in now that are just really cool and fun. And um, but I think we're about to get to go down to level 15 and we'll see what's down in that level uh, here pretty soon. So we're getting down there and it's been really fun slogging through. this. I think we all are starting to think about the next campaign. These levels are going a little bit quicker. We know we're nearing the end of what this probably yeah. storyline will take us. Um, well, and we and it's are funny kind of starting to get. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this, but like, like you like Dungeon Crawls, and I like Dungeon Crawls, yeah. but like you you also reach a point where you're just like, I don't think I really care about what's going on around that corner. Like They, they make yeah. these epic dungeons that you look at, and you're like, wow, that's so cool. I don't think I want to go through all of it, you know? But mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. But there's like, there's ways to jump around and stuff, I'm sure. And so, and you guys are, yeah, yeah. if you're all feeling that, I'm sure the DM is feeling it. It's like, okay, we're going to yeah. wrap this up. It's going to be fun. And he's running it for two parties. So that's what's yeah. always been cool about this is he always gets to tell us his home party runs through this and they're about two levels ahead of us because they had started a couple of months before us. Mm-hmm. So he always, at the end of our session says, for those of us that want to stick around, here's what happened to the party when they went through this. And that okay. was such a cool idea of, oh, that's what happened to them. And that that happened. But we did this and it was different. It's such a cool perspective. If you have the ability to run the same campaign but for two different groups, don't ever look down on that. Because I think there's a real value to watching two different groups tackle the same thing, but different ways and different yeah. things happen. And a different story has developed, even though we started at the same point, you know, we started yeah. at the very, we all went even, down. The, uh, the and you don't have to do it at the same time. Like I'm having no. this experience with Dungeon Crawl Classics and our Hot Springs Island. Like they're tackling yeah. things in yeah. a very different direction. So it's kind of fun, mm-hmm. but uh, that's our show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go get some dinner because I'm hungry. 
we will be back maybe next week. I think we might be busy. We'll see if we do another Did we tell Friday him it wasn't live? Did we tell him this is a pre-recorded show this, yeah, in front of a live studio audience? In front of a live studio YouTube something. Uh, anyway, like, uh, Saturday we'll, Live. Yeah. we'll be back uh, <laughs> sometime with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Take care, everybody.